poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson, and we're back. It is Friday, which means it's a very philosophical day. Finally tracked Duncan down from around the world. Welcome back, Duncan. How you been, my friend? Good, good, good. Good to be back and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes, very, very happy Thanksgiving. And as uh, before we get into the show, just want to know that going to be another break after this episode for a couple of weeks because things are going on. You know, I got a family in town for Thanksgiving, going out of town for a poker tournament. Duncan's in Japan. Like, just uh, life is coming at us very fast. It's been difficult to get together, but I'm sure that sooner rather than later we'll be back on our normal weekly philosophical friday schedule absolutely and uh, you know sometimes it's okay to prioritize uh, quality over quantity there we go we're gonna pretend that that's what we're doing we're prioritizing <laughs> quality over quantity um so with all of that in mind what's on the docket for today's episode of philosophical friday Right. Uh, we were thinking of taking advantage of, you know, the great uh, holiday of Thanksgiving and perhaps talk a little bit, uh, explore a little bit the idea of of gratitude. You know, poker players obviously, you know, fail, fall into a spectrum of very different uh, personalities. But one of the things which, you know, sometimes permeates poker players is the idea of, you know, like, you know, talking about bad beats, complaining, like do things like that. So we're thinking of basically taking the other side of things and talk a little bit about gratitude. You know, what is gratitude exactly? Is it helpful? Um, how can somebody shift from, you know, complaining to perhaps appreciate some things in life? Do we have enough in life to be appreciative of that type of thing? You know, and again, as it pertains to poker always. So we're going to start exploring those ideas. Yeah. And it, it doesn't just have to be, you know, uh, bad beat stories that, mm -hmm. you know, makes people... That, bad beat stories being the thing that you think of when you, you think of poker players being ungrateful. I think that mm -hmm. something that comes to my mind or just the, you know, some of the live pros that I've ran into over the years, just being very upset and acting kind of miserable about their lot in life and about their occupation and about how they spend their time and energy. I, I think you could also just hit the Twitter streets and just say something like, Oh, I want to be a professional poker player. And you know, that's like, shining the bat signal for 50 people who are jaded and very upset about playing poker for a living to say, no, don't do it. Do anything other than play poker. Never be a professional poker player. It's the worst thing ever. The worst decision you could ever make. Like just do anything besides play poker, which yeah, to me is actually just kind of interesting in and of itself. Yeah. Just leave the fish all to myself, you know, just go do something else. Yeah. I, I just, you know, like, <laughs> Maybe it's just a function of not being in the real world for mm -hmm. 
an extended period of time, but I do remember being 19 years old and working at Applebee's. And Mm -hmm. I remember specifically it being way worse than any moment (laughs) when I was a professional (laughs) poker player uh, for, you know, the last 18 years or so, like just poker has given me all of my favorite things in the world, all of my favorite relationships and friendships and it's just given me a life that I am, you know, eternally grateful for. I, I can't imagine spending my life force, my energy in another space. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we don't like to be cheesy here uh, too much, but that reminded me, you know, sometimes like the, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? So like you talked about Applebee's. So people, this is human nature. No, no matter no matter where we are in life, sometimes we're just thinking, what what if we were somewhere else in our life, you know, so you're, you're in Applebee's, you say, you know, things could have been better. Now, you become, not, not do you specifically, I'm talking about the Royal yeah, view. Yeah. Somebody becomes, you know, a poker player. Oh, you know what? What if I did this? What if I had stayed in, 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 in that other job? Or what if I had that other job and so on and so forth? But I think what we just what you just did, let me just focus on that for a second. You know, that's exactly what I was hoping we can probe today. You know, what are some things we're grateful for? What are some things that, you know, objectively, when we let ourselves step out for a second and look look ourselves from outside as much as we can, of course, you know, what are some things that we can say, you know what, in the end of the day, that was a good thing. It could have been much, much worse. Yeah. And and let me actually, you reminded me of something and like a, 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 a heuristic, if you will. Usually we talk about heuristics in the end, but you reminded me just when you said that. Usually what I ask, when I ask people to evaluate their lives, I, I, I give them the following question. If you if I could give you, you know, a pair of elaborate dice and I told you, listen, this is your life. You can reroll, right? Imagine that you're playing an RPG on the computer and you can reroll your stats. You know, you can reroll. You can be any person in the world or it, you can even be a, any person in America even, you know, but it can be anybody. I mean, you can be, you know, the president of the United States all the way to however, you know, you want to. Uh, you want to think your life of the best and the worst, right? So would you would you roll that dice? Of course I wouldn't. I <laughs> of mean, course you wouldn't. And right? I would imagine that most of the people on Twitter that say <laughs> right. don't play poker professionally would not right. even touch that, that <laughs> dice. Exactly. I mean, the reality is like poker players get to play a card game for money to pay their way through life, like right. a game. They right. play a game for a living. And I mean- That's right. It's to me, it's just really, really funny how much the people who play a game for a living grow to hate their existence for one <laughs> one reason or another. Um, like, I just can't imagine yet. Like, can you imagine somebody who's miserable as a professional poker player trying to do something else? And having like a boss and other responsibility, having to wake <laughs> up in the morning, like not being able to stay awake late at night, not being able to sleep in, having somebody tell you exactly how you should spend your time and and your energy. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, I, I think that it's just some kind of elaborate bluff. Uh, absolutely, and let's let's actually dive into this a little bit more, right? Because I'm someone who grew up in Greece, so uh, we have a joke in Greece, right? And and the joke is. We basically, we compete for misery, right? That's the, a little bit of a cultural thing. You know, the, the joke goes something like this. You know, um, uh, there was a guy on the street and, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, his neighbor uh, gets, gets a donkey. 
So he's like, uh, you know, the proverbial genie or God shows up in his doorstep and he's like, okay, why are you so miserable? You know, my, my neighbor got a donkey and I don't have a donkey. All right. And what do you want? Uh, do you want a donkey too? I can, you know, I'm a genie. I can give out to you. No, no, no. I just want his donkey to die. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, you know, the, the, the proverbial misery, you know, we're competing at the, uh, you know, at, at family dinners. Thankfully, I'm thankful enough. My family was, was not like that, but it, it's a cultural thing. Like sitting at a, at a table and we're competing whose life is more miserable. So why don't we just dive in a little bit uh, more into that idea? Why do you think people you know they uh, they uh, they have that attitude do you think that they really feel miserable or do you think that they 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 like the misery they find some sort of like comfort in misery like if we were to psychoanalyze this what would you be your your take like why do you think people do that like go behind a, a keyboard and uh on twitter and say those things or i don't know i i can you know my honest answer is i'm not exactly sure why you know i, I don't know if it's some kind of defense mechanism mm-hmm. where like while we do play a game for a living, it is a very hard game. And there are mm-hmm. uh, periods that are exceptionally stressful and frustrating and soul crushing. Um, and, and so it could just be a defense mechanism of like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody from the outside thinking, oh, you just play poker. You just sit down at your computer and just print money all day, every day. And then being like, no, it's not like that. It's actually quite difficult and very hard, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe it's this love of, things being hard or in some right. like sick weird way like just this enjoyment in our own suffering right so basically um giving uh, some sort of worth to the profession by making it sound difficult and by making it sound you know even ugly potentially because you're saying you know what by by accepting that i'm doing something ugly i'm doing something important i'm doing something difficult like some sort of like self-worth self-defense yeah, or even uh, venting yeah i i Genuinely, though, uh, I don't know. I just know that if you were to post that on Twitter right now, you would have a hundred people saying, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> and and if, if I posted it on Twitter, then you know oh, I would yeah. have fifty people all telling me that you know yeah. I'm just a liar who's trying to get people to buy more courses and sure. just uh, nobody can make it these days in in poker. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is this is really this is really sad. W- one thing that I, I want to say uh, that we, it is important to remember is sometimes, you know, the uh, the upset voices are the loudest and uh, that happens a lot in social media. So a lot of what we see, like a lot of the negativity uh, still falls into the Pareto principle, like the idea that, you know, whatever uh 10% of people cause 90% of the problems or things like that. I don't think poker is different. So there's always going to be people who are loud and, you know, complain and you see them all the time on social media. And there's a lot of people who can uh, potentially uh, fall outside that uh, sort of annoying category. Sure. Um, but what do we take it sort of like a, from, from the beginning? Uh, yeah, this is, this is an interesting topic. So we can, you know, break down a little bit. Um, in, in, in your own words, what would you consider gratitude to be? I mean, we usually start with a definition, we end with heuristics. What is your version of gratitude? My version of gratitude is just, it's being thankful for um, your life experience, things that are in your orbit, in your life um, that, yeah, just assist you and help you on a a day-to-day basis. Very good. And how does that materialize in practical terms? Like, you know, because people can, you know, sit 
around the fire, the proverbial fire and say, oh, you know what, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, which we actually do in Thanksgiving. But on a day-to-day basis, uh, how can somebody, practically speaking, uh, be mindfully thankful of things? You know, like how does... I think firstly, firstly, we go about it incorrectly. I think a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll... And I've definitely fallen into the trap of having like a great gratitude journal or something and just writing three things that I'm grateful for every day. While Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad idea, I think that the biggest part of it is you need to feel the gratitude. You need to actually feel the thankfulness. You need to feel the love. Um, It has to do with your central nervous system and just saying like, oh, I'm grateful for this, but actually not feeling anything. I don't think that that's really, you know, what the intention is to feel gratitude. And and I mean, if you're struggling, again, the first step to most of these things as it relates to feeling is gaining awareness. Mm -hmm. And the way that you gain awareness is to sit with yourself um, through meditation. It's to unplug, it's to get into, you know, the first level of life, which is your consciousness experiencing reality. Absolutely. And, and awareness is something that we talked about it. Like it's, it's a step one to a lot of things, right? If we don't understand what is going on, we're not going to be able to resolve it in any way, shape or form. So awareness is, is number one. And to add to this, to the concept of awareness, uh, meditation, like you said, an excellent practice, but also for those, you know, uh, for those of us who, you know, perhaps they like to rationalize things. I think it is still important to ask ourselves, okay, if not this, what then? Right. I mean, an honest assessment of life, like the idea, what is the alternative? Okay, so let's say at this point, you know, poker sucks, you know, um, even some of us may say life sucks, perhaps. Right. It's okay. I mean, we're human. We may think there's nothing wrong with the concept of life sucks. What is wrong with, um, if I may say so myself, what is wrong with saying is the idea that um, life sucks the way it is and it couldn't have been, you know, uh, and it couldn't have been worse, right? I mean, that's that's what I think is is the worst part. Like the idea of of falling ourselves into the pitfall, into the illusion that we really, 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 really um, screw the pooch, so to speak, uh, in life, and that things are really bad, and it could have been much, much better. And I think that's that's the real issue. Like comparatively, what it could have been instead, like losing the pers- uh, the perspective of what the alternatives could be, right? So yeah. to, to give you a very cr- sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, just, it, it's always funny too, that when we do, you know, lose perspective on these things, it's always like the best case scenario of what, what right. could have happened that right. we're so hard on ourselves about. And, um, yeah, sorry, I cut you off. You, you were going to mention an example, I believe. An example, right? A very crude example, right? The idea of like, you know, when you put it in perspective that there's still people like close to like 1 billion people not having access to clean water, that, that puts things in perspective. Now, we have to be very careful. I'm not saying that just because there's people who don't have access to clean water, we should say, oh, you know what? Everything in our lives are peachy and we can, we can explore a little bit of that. But I think it's important, like having that perspective, that the, the fact alone that we have access to a pod, like if anybody's listening to a pod right now, that probably puts you at the top 10% in the world. Like there, most people don't have that luxury, you know, like the extra time, you know, to put just because, you know, in, in North America or like in other places, this is sort of like a commonality. Most people don't have that type of time, you know, to actually, you know, spare time to engage in those type of activities, right? So that that is like perspective 
is 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 a very important thing. And 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 to your point, what you just said, actually, you're helping my example by a lot. You know, the the idea that we always like to see the alternative in the best possible lenses. This is something that happens a lot with social media. I, I I say that to my students all the time. Never ever ever make the mistake of comparing yourself to the person who's raising the hand right now in class, because every time there's going to be a different person who's going to raise their hand. So if you're comparing yourself with the person who's raising the hand, you're always going to be behind. That's what happens in social media. You cannot compare yourself to the person who just they 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 uh, um, uh, they binked this tournament. Oh, there's always somebody on social media. They binked this tournament. They did that. And what am I doing with my life? You're always comparing yourself with the person, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the plate du jour, so to speak, like the person who's successful today, and then tomorrow is going to be somebody else who's successful and somebody else who's successful. You can't always, the changing person who's at the top, compare yourself to. That's not, the, that person keeps changing. It's not a real person, you know, like the, the thing that's, you know, the, the topic du jour is not reality. It's just you know the highlights of the entire society. You cannot compare yourself to the highlights of the entire society. Right? Yeah, I, I think oftentimes we, it's really hard to visualize things like how do I how do I phrase this? So it's difficult visualizing our lives altered in a way that we don't think about. So. Um, clinical depression, for instance, you know, that's a thing that can be debilitating and it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And, and I mean, it can be lifelong uh, detriment. You know, it's just a very, very challenging issue. Um, you know, Kale Clayton, uh, he's in a wheelchair and, you know, he's, uh, he's a quadriplegic. And, and I mean, this was from birth. It's not like, not as if he chose for, for that to happen. It's a thing that happened. Right. And, and so like, you know, most likely someone who's listening to this, you know, you're driving in your car, you're at the gym, you're on a walk. Um, all of these things, like we don't have to be able to walk, you know, it's, it's not like a given in our lives. Uh, you, you mentioned clean water. Um, it, it not even a given in our lives that, you know, we have, electricity, that we have technology, that we have all of these things um, that just many generations have never had or could never dream about. And in a thousand years ago, the things that we have, we would be kings uh, of the entire world. Um, so I, I think a lot of times we we look at what we don't have. We look at ways that we could be better. Um, we look at, you know, we lose a tournament. We just imagine ourselves winning the tournament. Um, and we just don't see that like a lot of us, uh, they, we just have a lot to be grateful for on a day-to-day -day basis. Things that we kind of take for granted um, in this quest to progress through our lives. Absolutely. And, and, and you reminded me of something very important. You mentioned basically a temporal comparison. It's not only things that we have compared to other people who are alive today. It's also things that we have compared to all those who have existed over time, sure. right? So like that's another thing too. Like again, we can roll the dice, not only geographically, but we can roll the dice temporally, namely living in any other area in time. I mean, any other, you know, uh, time location. And 
the, the, the fun part is I don't think anybody would would want to take their chances of being, you know, a caveman or like living in the Middle Ages or even a hundred years ago when there was segregation and like, you know, like things were tough for a lot of people, you know, so it's just. Um, yeah. yeah. And, they, and again, the reason why we're so afraid to roll the dice is because we have a lot to be grateful for. You know, that, right, there's, exactly. there's no other uh, way to spin it. It's just if you had nothing to be grateful for, if every second of every day was misery, misery you would instantly roll the dice because you would have a lot of incentive to roll the dice. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure there, there, there are some people who, you know, their, their lives, you know, there are very, very miserable. But uh, I've also met a lot of people who, even though they have actually things to really, like the example you, you, you just brought, right? Uh, uh, like uh, quadriplegic people, like people who have a lot of things to uh, legitimately co complain about and they find the strength, you know. Uh, you've met, mentioned Viktor Frankl in the, in the past, right? I mean, the, 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 the search for meaning. Like, so there's people who find meaning in under the, the craziest, you know, of, 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 of circumstances, right? And, and to me, this is something which is commendable at the very least, and we can learn from, from, from these people. Yeah, and I think and, meaning is the operative word, right? Like a lot of us who, you know, I think a lot of folks who are unhappy with their lot in life, um, a lot of times don't have meaning, don't have fulfillment, don't have something that like gets them out of bed that they can work towards on a daily basis. And yeah, I could, I could see how that could lead to a lot of downstream unhappiness and unfulfillment and, you know, regret as to how you spend your time on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Great, great, great. Because this is also a great segue to, to what I wanted to ask you uh, next. I mean, what are some pitfalls of, you know, forgetting or uh, regretting in general? Like, what is some, some pitfalls of forgetting to be grateful for, for things? Talk, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so... You know, I, I believe that I am a, a type A uh, achiever, right? Like I, I like getting things done. I like taking on big projects that make me feel like death and hate everything while I'm in the middle of them. Uh, and, and I think that for someone like me, I can always focus on what is yet to come. I can always focus on the next project. I can always focus on the next launch, the next thing that needs to be done with my business, the next project to take on as it relates to the podcast, uh, to the Wolf program, just to all the different projects that I have going on in my life. And if I don't sit down and, and express gratitude and really recognize, like compare myself to myself from a year ago, right? It's like, wow like a lot of progress has been made. I, I think that we kind of forget um, all the things that we accomplish over time, unless we kind of think about it uh, and think like, wow, you know, actually one year ago, uh, actually one year ago, the Wolf program hadn't even launched yet. And, you know, me and me and Shu and John were essentially working on building out the strats, working on all of our processes. Um, and now just in unthinkable amount of work has been done over the past year. You know, we have just hundreds and hundreds of hours of coaching sessions, of training. We've built out our processes very cleanly. Uh, people, you know, wolves can join and get onboarded pretty much on their own these days. Um, and, you know, we're, the wolves are moving up stakes. They're having a decent win rate, you know, at the stakes cool. that they're playing. I mean, so 
all of these things are things that I'm grateful for. They're goal, they're past goals that have been completed in the past year, right? And, and maybe that's that's part of it, right? Like just not taking the time to savor checking that box of like, oh, I was trying to accomplish this thing and I did. And just savoring that completion, just taking a beat, you know? Um, because most of the time you just check the box and you move on to the next box. You never even think about the box that you just checked. So like for me, yeah, I think if I forget to be grateful, if I forget to, um, yeah, just savor these accomplishments, the the goals that I check off, then I feel burned out. I feel overwhelmed. I feel sad. Um, I feel like I'm just stuck in the mud and I'm not progressing forward at all because there's just always an unlimited amount of items on my to-do list that I still have to get done. Uh, so, for me personally, that that's the the big downside of forgetting to be grateful, forgetting to savor um, accomplishing projects. Absolutely, and if I were to to reframe what you just said um, in, in slightly different language that you and I have discussed before, essentially the danger you're describing is uh, getting perpetually stuck in the proximity principle, right? In in what actually happens in the here and now and forget what the progress is over time, right? Because what you're describing right now, the progress over time is something that you have to, again, step away from the now for a second, right? And see the graph, the whole graph, because when you are generating the graph in the moment, you cannot see any slope. You cannot see the graph going up. You cannot see the graph going down. I mean, you can think you can see it, but if you cannot step away from the graph to actually see how it looked a year ago, how it looked, you know, 10 years ago, how it looked, you know, down the line, we cannot gain that perspective. So we're stuck in that proximity principle, right? I mean, the idea that the only thing that our, our brains want to spend energy on is what's happening right here, right now. And I don't necessarily uh, mean the right here, right now in the um, mindfulness kind of way. I'm talking about in the vicinity of, of our time. We don't necessarily have to be mindful to do this. Uh, yeah. uh, right? I mean, I also... I'm the type of person that will have contempt for my past self. You know, I, I think that's something that like I'll listen or revisit something that I made a year, year and a half ago. And I'm like, ah, this, this was, could have been done so much better. Like what, what was I thinking? Um, and a lot of times, like <laughs> a lot of times what I find is that having contempt with, for my past self who was trying to accomplish and learn and grow and all of these things is that, there are things that I used to know that were actually quite applicable and quite valuable that I kind of progressed beyond um, mm -hmm. through like, you know, studying mass data. You know, I, I was a winning poker player for well over a decade before I even figured out and saw the possibilities of data analysis as it relates to playing poker. Right. right. So it's very easy for me to have contempt for myself or for my, self that didn't have any data analysis as a poker player because like ah what a dummy like look how'd you how are you even making decisions while you were playing poker um how, how did you even win because you knew so little but there are things that i was doing that were very 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 good that allowed me to be a winning poker player that i kind of forgot about or, or kind of got um overwritten in what i've learned over the past year so yeah like I find it easy to have contempt for my past self. And I'm also surprised when I think of a concept 
that I used to apply regularly. And I'm like, why did I stop doing that? Why did I stop teaching that? That was actually quite a powerful concept. Um, so yeah, just again, like I'm very hard on myself. I, I think that it, sure. this is the takeaway for the the listener is like, uh, sure. I'm very hard on any past inaccuracies, um, any past uh, lack of knowledge, lack of progress, all of these things. But yeah, I think just again, being grateful to make progress, being grateful for what got me um, in this position in the first place and the type of human that I was. Yeah, all of this is just healthy for me. It just gives me room to breathe, room to be like, you know, I, I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with the decisions that I've made. I'm happy with what led me to this point as, you know, a coach, a poker player, a husband, et cetera. Uh, absolutely. And, and uh, what, this is what I like to call the curse of the overachiever, right? Of the novel, right? You, you are uh, basically, if you constantly trying different things, you're cursed to think that some of them become obsolete because, again, you are in, in the path of progress and you get, you get to see newer and newer and newer things. But, but the fact of the matter is that some of the newer things wouldn't even exist if you didn't have you know, the Edison principle, if you didn't have all the quote-unquote failed attempts of the past to bring you to, to, the, to, 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 the, to the new stuff, right? So it's, uh, it's, it, 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 it's remarkable how you know, overachievers can actually... Uh, do that and it's 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 an excellent thing i think it's uh it's it's interesting to to be introspective about it to 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 think about it and i know a lot of people who actually are listening you know they may fall into that category right i mean they that we all are in the uh, sort of like uh the process of trying to to improve ourselves one way or another that's why we may be listening to podcasts like this right uh, or similar podcasts like that because i mean we're listening our own podcast as well um so it's, it's, it's a constant process of, of improvement, but improvement doesn't necessarily mean, to your point, Brad, I just want to illustrate that point because very clear, to be clear for, for the listener, improvement doesn't mean we throw away the past, right? No matter how crude it was at some point, it doesn't mean we just completely say, you know, what, uh, what, what an idiot I was. Improvement means, you know, I was in step one, you know, now I'm in step X, you know, whatever it may be. So we just... Uh, have to put everything in, in sort of like a perspective, the whole picture. And and to be fair, like if you don't look back at yourself a year or two years ago and, you know, see what is a different human um, with just very different belief systems, with very different way they go about approaching life, where very different way that they go about, you know, in our space, playing poker, learning, growing, um, you're probably just not growing enough, right? Like right. you're not right. actively pushing yourself to be a different person. And to me, like that really is one of my core values is progression. I like progressive progressing. I like learning. Um, I like overriding ideas that I previously had that mm-hmm. are or were subpar. Um, it's just a, a valuable part of my life experience, but yeah, it can, <laughs> it can be uh, quite, quite brutal on the inside. For sure, it can be quite brutal on the inside, but at the same time, some of these ideas that you call subpar um, wouldn't make your current ideas possible if they didn't exist. And, most and, and most I- of them, most of them, because like you have to, you know, you have to, uh, so just a anecdotal story please, here. Please. Um, we, we have a few days during the week, 
uh, where we call them strat days, where, you know, me, John and Shu will build strategies for the wolves. We'll do data analysis. We'll bounce ideas back and forth. And sometimes um, a wolf or two will sit in on these meetings, the strat development meetings. Right. And I don't know exactly how they imagine or how the listener right now is imagining these meetings kind of going. But if you were to look at it outside, um, like a fly on the wall, you'd be like, wow, it's a shit show. You know, they, they have like many different directions. It's like they're, they're just all over the place. Right. And the reality, like that's what progression looks like. Like, that's right. you, you know, that it, it's just messing around in the sandbox and trying to figure out how all these things work together and make sense of things that currently don't make sense. And it's very messy and it's very dirty. Um, there's not like a systematic progression of like, oh, you know, Brad, John and Chu are going to get together and this is what they're going to do. And this is the output. Um, it's just, uh, you know, a session that it, it, it's, it's not streamlined. It, it's, um, there's a lot of dirty work. There's a lot of bad ideas there, that happen before the good ideas can fall into place. Absolutely. And and let me just say that if it wasn't dirty like that, you wouldn't need it in the first place, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the brainstorming. And again, just, uh, you know, a lot of bad ideas. Once again, I this is the curse of the novel. You cannot get good ideas unless you have a lot of terrible, ter- ter- terrible, <laughs> terrible ones, right? So like a lot of innovative people, the more innovative, innovative somebody is, the more terrible ideas they have. It's it's impossible to generate good ideas without the bad ones. And and and, and the metaphor um, that uh, the scientific metaphor one can give, there is a very nice metaphor um, that Richard Dawkins gives in his. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, in the in the Selfish Gene, like a, a, an excellent book on biology. Um, so basically, the metaphor is that the the way evolution works in very broad strokes is that a lot of accidental mutations happen to the genome. That is, things uh, by accident change on our DNA. Um, and when I say our, I mean all the species, not just humans. And then most of these changes are lethal, as you can imagine, right? Because if something changes in your gen- genetic code, that means you may not be as capable of finding food as easily. You may not be as capable of reproducing, and so on and so forth. But once in a blue moon, some of the, and when I say once in a blue moon, I mean once in a billion, like very rarely, some of these mutations, right? Some of these changes, genetic mutations, actually end up helping us, right? You know, so for example, you know, in a in an island where the food is really high up, you know, um, uh, animals with longer neck will be able to to find it, and that may have happened with just some mutation that happened accidentally. So the point is, change that is beneficial is very rare, and the same is true with good ideas. Good ideas are one in a million. So. This is this is a, 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 a point that I you know like I didn't realize until sort of like that that point reading reading Dawkins right we need the terrible ideas that's very important we need all this nonsense that we have to live with I mean I have to live with myself right I mean I have to live with my nonsense all the time right and it's a lot of nonsense right so you heard it here folks you know <laughs> this point is, is we have to live with all of that nonsense because otherwise. There, there can be a, a, a gem in the rough, like, and I call it the Edison principle because Thomas Edison famously has, you know, in, in that interview, you know, like, how do you feel that 
uh, finally, after a thousand failed attempts, you created the loud bulb, right? Like he was like, a thousand failed attempts. I know a thousand ways that the light bulb doesn't work. What the hell do you know, right? So I know this is like a, a meme at this point in this pod, but these thousand failed attempts are important. We gotta have the sake ideas, like all this mess that you're describing in a brainstorm meeting. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's like, that's awesomeness wait to happen. You know, that's a beautiful thing, not ugly. And and tying back this in, tying this back into to gratitude, right? Like life right. is a, an iterative process. And since the beginning of time, you know, that's the way that it must be. And, right. you know, I, I think that while, yeah, uh, Genetic mutations are rare. It's very clear that there have been many of them across the globe that have helped life sustain over time, right? That they've optimized for life. And as a human being, there are many different ways that you're optimized for life, right? Through all of these various iterations, you know, this is um, just a gift from past human beings that we enjoy today. I think that just maybe a month or so ago, uh, uh, me and my wife were looking at child mortality rates right. just 200 years ago. Right. And in like 1800, it was a flip for your kid to make it to be older than five, like a true coin flip. 50% of children died before the age of five, right? And that's just an insane thing to consider 200 years later. Um, but through iteration through learning through science through medical advancement we've progressed to where you know just duncan me or you it's a flip is the which which one of us is is going to make it um to not adulthood but to enjoy our childhood absolutely it's funny that you mentioned that because i know for a fact i wouldn't have made it if i was born 150 years ago i know that because like i had a very serious disease when I was about uh, one. I mean, it was like a fever, but it was serious for somebody, like very high fever for, for, for a young child like that. If I didn't have the proper medical care that I, I did get when I, when I was about, uh, not, even, not even a year, or I was like a couple months old, I had a very serious fever that I wouldn't have survived if it wasn't 100 years ago, if we didn't have like the, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so- I'm effectively blind without contacts and any form of like uh, assistance. So God, only, yeah. I have no idea how I would make it through the world if I didn't have a way to assist my vision. Um, I, I just think that these are, again, things to be grateful for. Contacts, modern medicine that you know allowed you to even make it to this point in your life that right. you're experiencing right now. Um, adaptations, iterations, biological, uh, just the way that the birds interact with the flowers, the way that trees operate, just there's so many things that we just take for granted, you know, and um, the sun comes out, it rains. We get sad when it rains, when effectively it's life, right? Like oh. as as the rain is pouring down on us, that that's the building block of life. So being grateful for all, just all of these things that we naturally experience, feeling it in our hearts, I think is quite important um and just yeah very beneficial to living uh yeah living or having a a, an existence that's bearable 
Absolutely. And just to, to clarify also for the listener, you know, this is not a suggestion to be Pollyanna's, so to speak, right? I mean, to to forget, you know, the the bad things that happen in the world or in your life and throw them under the rug, right? I mean, it's just a, an objective sort of way of evaluating life, which which sort of brings me to, to, to another question, another practical question. Uh, when is it okay, you know, to temporarily focus on, on, on tangible issues that happen in our lives? Right? Because our lives are not perfect. Like there's definitely things that need to be improved. So uh, there is, you know, a natural question. Somebody says, okay, so should I sit back at all times and think, oh, you know what? My life is so great. You know, it could have been much, much worse and therefore do nothing about it. You know, so when is it okay, you know, to, you, you understand where this is going? I, I see what you're saying. People and... like to take it too, too, too far. So when is it okay to concentrate on the problems of life and how, what would be the best way to do it? Yeah. So I'm actually going to reject the premise of the question mm -hmm. because as human beings, I think we're hardwired to focus on those sort of things. I don't okay. think that like we can just throw, uh, be like, oh, Yep. Everything's great. I'm grateful for everything. Now I'm just not going to think about the, okay. the things in my space. I, I think that just naturally we're hardwired to think about that. We're hardwired to analyze risk in our life. Mm -hmm. I think that's just part of our biology. Um, I don't think we're necessarily hardwired to focus on you know how things could have been in a different age, how things could have been if just one piece of your life were just a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I, I think that people will always think about the things that are bothering them. They will always um, stress out. They'll always be anxious. And that's just, again, a part of the human experience in the year of 2022. But yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. I mean, maybe you sure. have a, a different different take. I just think that like, there's nobody listening to this that's like, yep, I'm, my life is happy now. I'm just not going to worry about my house going into foreclosure or my kids uh, eating dinner tonight. I'm good. Right. I was referring mostly, no, that's a, that's a very good point, but I was referring mostly to, you know, the the Van Wilders uh, of, of the world, so to speak. I, I don't know if you you remember that's like for for I do for, I for, do. for, 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 for Bruins. That's a, that's a very very big big movie for us, especially when we were kids. You know the the idea that uh, uh, warring is like rocking a chair, right? It gives you something to to think about, but it takes you nowhere, right? So I, I was talking about this type of of mentality, which is which is a joke that you know there there are some people who may say, you know what, this is not something I want to worry about, right? Because, and, and it's perhaps a way of pushing a problem away, not so much as like, not so, not so much a, um, a transcendence, not so much a, oh, you know what, uh, now I've I found the happiness, but it is um, the happiness in life, but it's more of a, I'm pushing a problem away because you know what, I'm happy everything, everything is peachy. So it could be more pathological, if you will. I I, I see what yeah. you're saying that we'll always be, but you know, I'm talking I about just the, don't over, even the, think, the over optimists. I don't know that like that's a thing, right? Where I think that mostly when people are pushing these things away, they're just living in fear of, facing them. They're living in fear of approaching and, and resolving these problems, which is stressful and 
causes anxiousness. I, I think that they're just ignoring whatever problem it is, you know, or doing their best to. I mean, I guess maybe there are just sociopaths that just go through their life and cause chaos and don't ever think about anybody but themselves. Um, but I would imagine that that's quite rare. Uh, and to me, like, I just don't, I can't imagine that that kind of life being one of happiness and fulfillment where you're just not um, holding yourself accountable to your responsibilities. Right. You're not doing the things that, you know, the people who are around you um, would benefit from. You're just, yeah, being totally selfish and not helpful to anyone. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know that anything that <laughs> I, I would say to them would even matter anyway, just based on how they are, you know? Right. So, so you've, you've never like, uh, you've never experienced somebody you would call an over-optimist, like somebody who is like always looking at the, at the glass half full to the point that they could be hurting themselves. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe like from a sense of like younger people who are potentially delusional about right, right. what they're going to do. I, I, I think, you know, that's a big concern, but I mean, look, I've been young and I've been delusional right. and the only way that I worked through that, I'm, still delusional. that <laughs> I'm sure I am too, right? I'm sure that five years from now I'll look back and be like, well, what a freaking delusional version of Brad that was on philosophical Friday. Um, but again, like life is messy and right. working your way through those delusions is just part of the growing process. And I think that without that delusion, I probably never would have started chasing poker greatness. I probably right. never would have started any of these projects that that I've started that have been exceptionally difficult. Um, you know, I, I think that before I made my first website, it, it was like make a website in twenty whatever year it was, and it's like okay, so like how much how much are we going to charge for this this e commerce product, right? <laughs> like this is a very this is a very big deal because. Um, as soon as the site goes live, you know, there's going to be a million people that just are automatically <laughs> going to buy everything that we have. So all of this needs to be perfect. Um, and, and then you get done setting up your Shopify website and you realize that, oh no, nobody's ever going to visit your website ever in a million years. Nobody can ever find it. You're like, oh wow, I have to like market. I have to like find demand. And, and I think, you know, that's just, you start with a problem, right? And the first problem was you don't have a website. So you resolve that problem. And then you realize like, oh shit, now I don't have traffic. How do I get traffic? Oh my God, nobody wants to buy what I'm selling. So I actually need a good product. And like, you don't have visibility of these problems without the delusion that you just make a website and everybody comes, right? right. Um, so maybe a little delusion is, is helpful. Right. It just, it, it's a catalyst to dive into the messiness that is, you know, creation, learning and growth. Absolutely. Even delusion and even arrogance, as long as it's not meta arrogance, I would agree with you 100%. Like, you know, we don't necessarily know where to put the needle. So we might as well, you know, just make those mistakes, you know, get out there and make those mistakes. But let me let me rephrase the question, because um, uh, perhaps, like, like, like you said, maybe maybe the question is not is not properly properly asked. So let me try 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 a different approach. Um, what would you say to those who uh, really actively are trying to be grateful about uh, their lives. And uh, when a problem occurs, they feel guilty 
about that problem that occurs. Like I have that with my students, you know, like all the time, you know, they're like, you know, Duncan, I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't be complaining, you know, like I know I have all these things, you know, my parents are wealthy, you know, like everything is going well in my life, but you know, like I, I feel stuck, you know, here, like, you know, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot make progress. And they, they sort of like, you know, start to generate that guilt for feeling, you know, like, why am I complaining? I have everything in life. And yet, you know, my life is, you know, in, in some sort of like temporary stagnation. That's sort of like the picture that I had in mind, right? Because sure. we, we still have to resolve issues as they, you know, how do people, um, is that maybe a better question to no, ask? I mean, okay, it's, okay. Uh, to me, it's, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. I think that's quite a normal feeling. And, right. you know, uh, we feel guilt over f having these thoughts and having these feelings. But the reality is, is that you feel the way you feel. And I think that that just ought to be okay. Um, you, you just experience that as long as it takes. And then that's that, right? Like right. that, that to me is just, it's a, a standard part of the human experience. You know, uh, if I could use the metaphor that I know I've used before, but um, Path of Exile, we're both fans mm -hmm. of right, the right. game. Uh, one thing in Path of Exile that I realized while I was playing, I didn't even realize it, but I was like, hmm, I'm slaying all these monsters. I'm, I'm right. crawling through all these dungeons, slaying all these monsters because I'm trying to progress. I'm trying to level up. I'm trying right. to get gear so that, you know, I can be more powerful. Um, and I realized at one point, you know, while I'm working my way through this dungeon, I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta just make it through this dungeon so that I can get out of this dungeon. And like, no, the dungeon is what's fun about the game, right? right. It's the challenge. Right. The dungeon is like the journey. It's the journey. It's what's exciting about being a part of it. But I wasn't happy while I was slaying the monsters and going through the dungeon. It was all about, I just, you know, I, I need to get this gear, I need to get that, I need to level up, I need to solve this problem, that problem, this problem, this problem. And you just forget to have fun doing the thing that you're leveling up for in the first place. And that's, you know, to be able to go through more dungeons. So to me, that's just uh, a part of life is that, you know, a lot of times we can feel unhappy, we can feel like, oh, I'm doing this, going to work, trying to save money to buy this, pay this off, need to upgrade this, etc. Um, but the reality is, is like, you're going through the, you're, you're in the dungeon right now. You know, you're right. experiencing life. It's hard. Sometimes it's frustrating. It's challenging. Um, but it, that's what this is. This, this whole life experience is going through this seemingly fr frustrating times. And I think that you just have to honor that you have to recognize like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not digging this right now. I'm not digging, um, battling through these issues that I'm experiencing in life. And that's okay because no matter what, there's always people out there who have more, who are doing more, who are more successful, who are also feeling bad about their lives and their right. existence on this planet at this very moment. And so to your students, I would say it's okay. You know, right. you, you just, don't punish yourself for feeling this way. It's a natural part of the human experience. Feel the way that you feel. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, that, that's just a, a thing that I wish I would have focused on in, in my life more uh, of like, yeah, you, you feel sad right now and it's okay. You're not weak for feeling sad. You're not weak for feeling crushed. You're not weak for feeling um, like you don't even know if you want to get out of bed. It's 
a part of your life experience. Absolutely. And, and again, I mean, to, to summarize some of those things, like, you know, awareness is at the very bottom of it. First of all, be aware of it. And second of all, would be acceptance. Accept that feeling, you know, it's okay to have it. And then there will be a third step, which will tie to take action, you know, by accepting that it is okay, you know, and the fact that, you know, you are dealing with the proximity principle, it's affecting you right now. The proximity principle is affecting you. It doesn't matter how good your life is. If you have a toothache, that toothache is going to be more important than anything else in your life at that point, because it's near where you are in space and time. So that's that's very important. So you have to take action on on, on that specific thing. And and then to, to your other point, you know, that... Uh, the the uh, it's it's the sort of like another cheesy thing it's the journey not the destination uh it, it's funny that you mentioned that because andrew huberman is talking about that the, the professor at stanford uh is talking about that about the brain chemistry the way uh, that our brain works that um if we actually associate reward at the end of a specific mission, like you're describing right now with Path of Exile, right? I mean, oh, I need to finish, I need to finish farming this dungeon because at the end, I'm going to get a piece of gear, right? So we are basically uh, putting the gratification, and I don't mean delayed gratification in the psychological sense people are using it today, but we're putting the gratification after the task. I have to finish it in order to get the reward. The way the brain chemistry works, and actually Andrew Huberman uh, describes it perfectly with, uh, with dopamine, is that our body becomes uh, very, 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 very uh, desensitized and it disinterested. Our brain becomes disinterested because they know there's not going to be any dopamine release during the activity itself. So they actually would become sad and miserable during the activity because the body knows we're not going to release any dopamine because the dopamine is coming later. So by delaying the reward, by not actually making the act of doing things the reward itself, and by saying, listen, no, no, this is not the reward. The reward comes later. We're actually hurting ourselves, right? And, and, the, and, the, and the metaphor he's using, you know, of, of David Goggins. David Goggins is a good example because David Goggins doesn't work out because he wants to get buff, doesn't work out because he wants to get faster, doesn't work out because he wants to be healthier. He works out because he loves the moment he's working out, right? I mean, he likes the moment of suffering in the then and there. And this is also can be explained. So as a next step, right? Again, we start at awareness, then acceptance, then take action, but take action in a way where the journey is what we like, not the destination in the sense that the journey is its own reward. We're rewarding our brain. Uh, and of course, that takes meditation, that takes practice. But it's still important to understand that like saying, listen, I'm doing something for my later years. I'm doing something for retirement. I'm yeah. doing, I'm playing, I'm playing this game that I really hate perhaps uh, that because I really make some money is the wrong way to go about it, right? We What we should be doing, like we're not doing this pod for reasons. We're doing this pod because we like it. We like to discuss those things and it's its own reward. So it has to be in some way or another. What you just said about the uh, path of exile, it has to be its own reward. The, the dungeon has to be its own reward one way or another. Find a way to be its own reward because if it isn't, you're actually essentially causing misery to yourself by the way the chemistry works. Yep. And um, I've found that all the things that I've been most successful at in life are things that I do without prompting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Wolf program for the past year, Right. I'll have 
five things on my to-do list and wake up, get on my computer and have just some random idea about a spot that I want to analyze. And then two hours later, um, I've built out a strat upgrade and because I like doing it. I, I know you that like- it has a tangible effect on, you know, people who have trusted in me to help facilitate a poker career a long time into the future. And I take that quite seriously and it makes me happy doing these things. So the podcast is a thing that I do um, because I love doing it. You know, me and John recorded a tactical Tuesday uh, today. I know I'm breaking the, breaking the law here of podcasts. Um, (laughs) Sometimes these things are not recorded on the day of the actual release. Uh, And now I'm recording this episode with you. It's 6 PM on a Sunday and it's dark outside and you know there are a million things that i could be doing but i enjoy doing this and i'm grateful that i'm here um and i just know that when i do things because i love doing them because they give me value they give me fulfillment um i tend to do a much better job what a what a wonderful way to just i think like i had some questions but i'm like you know what this is a wonderful way to, I think, to end the conversation, right? It's, it's the penultimate gratitude, you know, like we're doing, we're doing this because again, we, we like it. And it's, I think, you know, uh, it, it, it's something that, 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 that come, comes across too, you know, sometimes, you know, before we start the, the pod, I mean, the listeners does know that, but we start engaging in a conversation ourselves, you know, it's like, maybe we should be recording this, but that's, that's how it is. If we, if you're not willing to have that conversation outside of the mic, I mean, probably you shouldn't be having it with the mic is on. Oh, me and me and John probably record four tactical Tuesdays before we ever even record <laughs> our one, you know, we get, uh, before we met today, you know, I did a, a poker coaching plan explain, um, last night. And we looked at like 15 or 20 hands that, that went down during that poker coaching plane explain. And, you know, we didn't talk about them on tactical Tuesday. We just looked at the hands because we were both very interested and loved discussing yeah. poker strategy. Um, so yeah, I, I'm and and yeah, to wrap this episode of philosophical Friday up, uh, I'm very grateful that I have people like you and John in my life that I enjoy speaking with on on a a regular basis that's you know it's a blessing and not something that i've had in large parts of my life experience and so i'm just eternally grateful and um yeah so thank you thank you to the listener spending their time listening to you and i have these conversations and uh, i guess you know we'll close out by prompting the listener to go subscribe on Duncan's YouTube, youtube.com slash why Alex beats Bobby ask the math doctor on Twitter. If Twitter still exists next week, we'll see. Um, it's, it's, uh, up in the air right now, um, at CPG podcast and greatnessvillage.com to hop in the village. Talk to me and Duncan and, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so. And thank you, everybody, for actually joining us. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, uh, sharing the stories. I know I received personally a lot, a lot of messages from people. Thank you. Honestly, really, thank you. I mean, this is uh, this podcast wouldn't exist without people, you know, interacting and, uh, uh, you know, saying their stories, their amazing stories, the comments, uh, 
questions, objections, or comments, as I like to call them, you know, all of them are welcome, you know, so thank you very much for being an active member of the community. And again, if there's anything else, feel free to reach out uh, in all of all of these places. And you yep. have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, long weekend. Yep. And we'll see you in a few weeks when, whenever I, we get back, me and Duncan get in better coordination. You know, it's tough. It's tough these That's days. That's right. Life is difficult. Life is difficult. <laughs> but it doesn't suck. <laughs> See you Thank next you, time. everybody. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.